Warning, Spinning on Two Wheels contains language, themes, and references that are inappropriate for the ears of children, sensitive grandparents, and public forums. Headphone use is recommended. Hey y'all, I'm Peggy, the kick-ass knitter. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I'm yarned, a little dangerous, and definitely bad to the bone. Grab your knitting and throw open the throttle. It's time to kickstart this episode of Spinning on Two Wheels. Hey, y'all! Welcome, welcome, welcome to any new listeners out there, and welcome, welcome back, all my lovely returning listeners. And Happy New Year, everybody, and a happy potiversary to Spinning on Two Wheels. Three years, right? Yeah. How? Well, yeah. <laughs> I... I think I say this every year. Um, I had wanted to make an audio knitting podcast for years and years and years. Mr. Kickass even helped me pick out a fucking awesome name. And um, three years ago, Audio Man and I took the first steps and finally made it happen. Things have definitely not gone as planned, per se. Uh, absolutely thought I'd be done with Operation Sock Drawer. What? What? By now. Thought I'd be through that book and like done. <laughs> nope. I have absolute, I, 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 but I have enjoyed this adventure with y'all and I hope you've enjoyed the ride so far. I have lots of ideas for 2024, so hold on to your butts. Today's episode is being recorded on Tuesday, January 16th, 2024, and will include a Life on the Road update, open throttle, and stalled. So punch into gear and let's roll on. Everyone knows that life can make for a bumpy ride. When it gets tough or impacts the show, I want to let you know. So whether it's a detour, rest stop, or unplanned off-roading. Let's have a little chat about life on the road. I do want to take this time at the top, here at the beginning of the episode, to say thank you, dear listeners. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who reached out after last episode with your kindness and your condolence wishes and everything. Um, your... Your support of not only myself, but people who are, are important and close to me. Um, <laughs> wow. It was the sweetest. Thank you. And thank you all for your patience with this episode release. Uh, being able to support our people is absolutely always a priority for Mr. Kickass and I, and frankly, trying to record in a room housing grieving guests in a house with 
five adults and an excitable, attention-seeking, bully-crazy black lab is far more than I was willing to take on. I'm not about that. I can look at a challenge and go, nope, not climbing that particular mountain. I'm not, not taking that route. Uh, to quote my former academic advisor, Dr. Blass, why put yourself through that? And I took his advice then and uh, didn't repeat a class because why put yourself through that? And I am taking his advice now or you know, a couple weeks ago and wasn't doing that to both my guests and myself. And I might want to add that all of that wild humanity was on top of racing to finish three, three adult size sweaters before Christmas and before my wrists completely give out. More on that later. But right now, let's cruise along to the next segment. But first, this message. This episode brought to you by Death Wish Coffee. They aren't sponsoring the podcast. They aren't paying me to say this. But without it, I'd be asleep. So, Death Wish Coffee. Literally the reason I am able to make this podcast. This is Open Throttle, getting you up to speed on my current projects. Right. Let's get into the sweater insanity and how that is going. That's right. You heard me. Going. But first, the good news. The DNA pullover by Andrea Cull was completed on time. Yeah, yeah. Just barely. I think I came in minutes before midnight. But you know what? It counts. It counts. Like, barely means that I was sewing seams on this sweater at my sister-in-law's dinner gathering on the 25th. And Mr. Kickass drove us home while I wove in ends and snipped orthodontic band markers and I'm like pulling those out. I am still finding them in the passenger seat area of my car. Everywhere. They went everywhere. But it was done. And even better, both of our friends love it. They've both worn it. That is the intended recipient and his wife. It turns out they are both knitworthy, woo, because they've they've both worn the sweater in public for the express purpose of showing off the knitting. It's also really flattering on both of them, which I was not expecting it to be so flattering on both of them in different ways. It's flattering on both of them in different ways, which is just kind of cool. Like the, the vertical lines of the cables are very lengthening and they elongate the torso on the intended recipient and on his wife the shoulders um, and how they ended up being gathered and sewn in kind of create this puffy sleeve situation which just gives her it emphasizes her her hourglass that she likes emphasizing and it just looks great on both of them Oh, and the color, the color just shines next to their skin, both of them. And 
I think that is a, a rare thing uh, for people with moderately different skin tones. And I'm just really happy. I am really happy that they love it. I'm really happy that I was able to finish it. And surprise, uh, unboxing day. And I am really glad that I was able to, to make a wearable hug. I knit a lot of love into that sweater. And they both can put it on and feel it. And that is... That's a relief. Especially as they're in a period of, of grieving. Um, you know, I couldn't do much about the grieving part. I couldn't help that because grief is weird and we all have to go through it in our own ways at different times in our lives. We don't have to go through it alone. You are never alone. But we do all have to process our own grief. And I can't, I can't take away that hurt, but by gosh golly, I sure can make someone I love warm and cozy while they do. And I did. And I think it, it brought a little comfort. I hope it does. If they're out there listening, I love you. Wow, okay. Um, sorry, bringing it back, dear listeners, bringing it back. Because y'all, y'all know how the whole good news, bad news situation goes, right? Right? Well, the bad news. The bad news is that the 2024 sweater did not get finished before the completely arbitrary and self-imposed deadline. I don't really feel bad. Like, horrible saying that because we all knew this was coming. Like, since last episode, and I posted about it on Instagram weeks ago. But I do have some progress updates. The main body of the sweater is complete, but I was definitely slowed down on the sleeves. I mentioned that due to Mr. Kickass's above average height, I have to make adjustments while knitting. And I know I talked about it last episode. So I'm not going to go into heavy, heavy details. And I will get into some of the slowdowns in a bit. But the important takeaway, the important takeaway is that I am already working on the second sleeve. Motorcycles choke out. Yarn makes tangles. Sometimes you have to drop out of gear, restart the engine, and figure out what the hell happened before you get back on the road. Welcome to Stalled. Alright, what slowed me down? What slowed me down the most on the 2024 sweater and screwed over my plans for how I wanted to start the knitting year? Mmm. Fucking sleeves. Not... You know, literally, if I, I, you get my drift. On the Dyson sweater and on Moira Engel's other designs, I make the width to the size as written for Mr. Kickass's measurements, but I make the length to the next size up. On every other Moira Engel design that I have made for Mr. Kickass, and there's been quite a few. 
the design has included sleeves that are made from the bottom up and then sewn in. I could just continue the sizing scheme on the sleeves normally. We know where this is going now. Not the Dyson sweater though. The Dyson sweater has sleeves that are picked up around the armhole and then German short rows are used to shape the sleeve cap and then the sleeve is knit flat down to the cuff. And that completely fucked over my usual methods. It's, it's almost like I should have read ahead or something. Basically, I could only pick up the number of stitches at the underarm that I had bound off and therefore needed to change the number of stitches picked up along the armholes to compensate. I found that a couple of minor adjustments, minor, would give me the same number of stitches called for by the larger size that I was referencing, okay? It's always great to not have to do math on the fly on the pattern. Fantastic. But it did take me a couple of tries to accurately plan and place the stitches correctly. Yep. More tries than I'd like to admit. I wound up with one stitch fewer than called for in the underarm, according to that size, but not according to the size below. Yeah, you get it. Okay. That also perfectly compensated for the selvage stitches in the body to become seamed. Yay! And I also picked up two extra stitches along the armhole. It worked out actually weirdly perfect. With just this tiny, tiny conundrum. There would be a noticeable discrepancy in the seam of the sleeves and the body where they would meet at the underarm. They were like offset. Offset by like a a stitch height. And I don't know about y'all, but that is an area of my body that I feel and it drives me fucking nuts if there is a knob of fabric or something uncomfortable in my underarm area. Usually it's the underwire of my bra trying to stab me, but I I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And I felt like a fucking genius when I realized the solution to that problem. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The clouds parted and a sunbeam magically lit my living room, accompanied by an angelic choir. It was beautiful, Oh, Rather than seaming the sleeves at all, I could just knit them in the round. I don't need uh, an extra stitch because it's not gonna get seamed. So the numbers worked out perfectly. Um, There's not going to be a weird bump where two seams that do not technically meet try to make that work. None of that. It even works out really nicely to close up the, the gap that would exist where those two seams were not quite meeting at the underarm very, very smoothly. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I can knit them in the round. Knit them in the round. Why? What? Dr. Blass, why put yourself through that? Why put myself through the extra seaming if I could just not? So once all the short row shaping at the sleeve cap is done, all the rest of the sleeve shaping is done next to the quote-unquote selvage stitches, which means I knit one, I sense out doing these in the round, decrease one, knit around the sleeve to the last three stitches, decrease one more, knit one, start the new round. And yes, I am putting markers on each of those decreases, you bet your sweet bippy, but oh my god, that's fucking genius. And it also leaves me with less finishing work at the end. And knitting in the round goes faster since there's no purling. Fucking genius. Oh yeah, I felt great. I felt amazing. Until I noticed uh, I needed to... Um, so that was a segue, sure. As I was finishing up, I want to say that the last, the 2023 sweater, I had a premonition, let's call it, um, where I was just like, you know, I think I'm going to need an extra skein of of Yauza in the River Severn colorway to, to finish up the Dyson sweater. Um, let's just go ahead and put that purchase in. I've had to, I had to purchase more of the Truxton Circle yarn, I think twice, uh, because my math was not mathing when I tried to figure out how much yarn I was going to use. I don't remember exactly what happened there, but I did have to reorder more yarn and then more yarn, which is always annoying. And you can run into trouble where the dye lots don't exactly match up because both Neighborhood Fibers and Miss Babs Colorworks are hand-dyed to presumably a formula of some kind. I don't know. I am assuming. And we all know what that does. But I am also aware that uh, there is knitting wisdom out there in the ethos, out there in the great big wide world, that when using hand-dyed yarn... One, for a big project to compensate for any issues with dye lots not exactly matching up. A knitter should alternate skeins every row, every other row, which I always found to be ridiculous because I do not have the patience at the end to weave in all of those ends. I find the practice wasteful because at the end, therefore, of each row or every other row, whatever your prefer, not only do you have to keep track of what skein goes in what order, at the end of every row or every other row, however often you are alternating your skeins of yarn, you have to leave a sizable tail, 10 centimeters or more to weave in because you're snipping your yarn at the end of, at the sides of a body, the selvage stitches are more likely to warp or become loose. I find that I'm more likely to drop stitches as they, the yarn can unravel if I don't leave a long enough end. 
And those 10 plus centimeters every row, every other row, add up. And um, all of those ends then have to be woven in. And I find that that makes, uh, for a weak seam, a, a part of the garment that is supposed to lend and create structure and strength um, is then unable to do that because the selvage stitches are loosey-goosey. But the reason, the reason that that wisdom exists is because if the dye lots don't match up, and even within the same dye lot, there can be a lot of variation. The colors can wash differently and you get wildly different colored sweaters, but also you get some accidental color blocking, which is happening on the Dyson sweater. The bottom, call it third, of both sleeves was made with this extra skein. And it is significantly darker. <laughs> significantly darker. Well, not significantly, but dark, different enough to notice. Different enough to notice. And it's just there at the end. So I consulted with Mr. Kickass about it. I think I have. Uh, yeah, but that's the reason why the wisdom exists. Learn from my hubris, y'all. Learn from my hubris. I made a decision based on my own preferences and my own knitting style, and I am going to stick with it, so it's just going to be a little wonky. That's how it goes sometimes. And I think that brings us to the end of the road. Show notes, along with images, links to all of the places to find and support the show, as well as everything else, can be found on the website twowheelspodcast.com Audio and emotional support by my brother Larry. Hi everybody. You can find more of his work nowhere because he is an enthusiastic amateur. If you liked the episode, you can support the show, its creators, and get funny bonuses and outtakes by subscribing to our Substack. It's completely free but contributions are greatly appreciated. If you would like to support the show in a non-monetary way, do the podcasty things. Give us a star rating, leave a review, and tell every kick-ass fiber friend you have. Positive reviews and five-star ratings help new people find the show. And finally, the music welling up is Organ Rock, classic hard rock, by Julius H. and is used under a common license. Thank you again for joining me. And remember, I'm revving for you. We're all in this together. Keep your wheels on the road. To the bone.